Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Welcome back, everybody. It is episode 13, Unlucky for Some, Lucky for lucky Others. Lucky for Others. It's actually my lucky... Uh, Friday the 13th is my lucky day. Why? Why is it your lucky day? Because when I was young and, like, you know, you grow up hearing Friday the 13th is an unlucky day, so I was always like, oh gosh, it's an unlucky day, so the whole, like, we've been, t- we've been talking about personal narratives recently, yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, from the minute I woke up, I had the story that everything is going to just be bad. So you focus in, like, in the course of any given day, there's always things that are preferable and things that are maybe not so great, but you just brush them off and you don't really pay attention to them, like, in a, oh gosh, it's because of this day sort of mm-hmm. a way. So... I was like, what if I just focused on all the really good things that happened on this Friday the 13th and see if it could become a lucky day? Sure enough, great. And I'm sure like there were things that were annoying or bad during that happened during the day, but because I didn't put my attention on them. You had already decided it was going to be a good day, right. a day to notice good things. So I decided to adopt. The number 13, and in particular, Friday the 13th, as my lucky day. So let's hope this is a lucky episode. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good thing. I've never been able to uh, have that mindset. I feel like every time I see anyone on social media mention, like, Mercury's in retrograde, I just go looking for all the crazy stuff that's happening in my life to blame it on Mercury, whatever that means. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like, this guy I know uh, when I was a sailor, he um, raced around the world as one of the captains and... After we got back from that trip, like he ended up moving to New York. His wife had gotten a job, a fancy job in New York while we were sailing around the world. And he kind of came back and went, oh, guess I'm living in New York now. <laughs> and um, didn't hear from him for a while. And then heard from him and he was like, yeah, crazy things happen. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, I, I ended up with like cancer and like my, it was like, I don't know if it was thyroid or something in his throat area. And I was like, oh my God, dude. And he seemed super chipper and like he had, but he had like the scar on his neck from where the cancer had been removed. And I was like, dude, that that's wild. And he was like, well, you know, chicks dig scars. And he was one of these guys, right? That Aww. luck always seemed to like follow him around, right? Got it. And I was always like, really? Is it, is it that you are just this crazy lucky person? Or is it that you just choose to focus and make a big deal out of everything that is positive? So rather than like when you got the diagnosis of cancer, rather than be like, oh, oh my gosh, I've got cancer. This is so terrible. I might die. He was like, well, we caught it in good time. I've got access to good treatment. I got a scar, but hey, whatever. It's got a story now and chicks dig scars. Chicks dig scars. People like that live longer. I think they've done studies on just mindset of people who identify as optimists versus mm-hmm. pessimists. And they actually live like significantly longer. And I, I was obviously the diagnosis of cancer is really bad. Yeah. But it just, and I, and I don't doubt that he obviously, it was tough to hear that. Right. But... I'm sure yeah, treatment, he certainly yeah, he surgery and treatment. It he was bad, certainly but. didn't like dwell on everything that could be bad. He just chose to focus on all the positives. So there you go. God, wow. Maybe that works with body image. If you just decide you're gonna love yourself and you look really cool, I think it probably does. Train the like brain. We've, we've maybe never addressed it quite that specifically. Focus but I on think the that's good things right. rather than the bad. That's why you made there. me do this gratitude journal. When I instead of stepping on the scale, I have to write a thing I'm grateful. Have about. you learned anything new that you? like about yourself or that you're grateful for um I've just learned that it's actually like it's been a lot of days and so sometimes you like have to really think hard about something to be grateful about but I think I mentioned this on another podcast where I'm like now I'm being grateful for like other things like I think this morning it was I was grateful that I'm up for challenges because I was getting ready for your crazy competition class and (laughs) so I was like that's sort of a grateful thing about my body like I'm glad my body is up for well, you had a, a mindset shift this morning in competition <gasps> class. Oh, I did. Yes, we should tell people about that because it's like, I love that we totally like, we didn't even like introduce like 
the podcast we just 13 has now derailed us um but that that's how this happens um yes but that's important this morning um I can't remember how much we've talked about this that like but people should know like Hannah's always um she's really good at silencing her own inner bitch um Veronica I, I am not sorry yeah, to Veronica's Veronica. Just named Veronica. Um, I am not as good at that and my inner bitch was recently named Heidi because I was thinking about um, a, a mean girl that kind of tortured me a bit back in elementary school and middle school. Um, but yeah, I'm not as good as a, at, at kind of silencing it. But this morning, Heidi wanted to break up a set of dumbbell heavy snatches. dumbbell snatches. We had to do 20 and we were doing them synchronized. So Hannah and I were supposed to be all, you know, in sync and um, she does them faster than me. So it was sort of like, okay, got to, got to set this in. Was it the second set? Third set. Third set. I was like, definitely starting to feel the fatigue because we were doing lots of other things too. So I was like, okay, I think let's break at 12. And then I just like, like that was Heidi talking. <laughs> but then I immediately was Told like, her wait. To shut up. I was like, wait. <laughs> I've done two sets already. We've done them unbroken. Like we did the 20 synchro fine. So I like immediately backtracked and was like, never mind. I'll let you know if I need a break mm-hmm. and we'll break then. And then what happened? I We did, did 20. Yeah, we did 20. Fine. And the fourth set, just 20 without so breaking. So you're just learning to trust in what so. your body can do. Right? <laughs> awesome. Oh, so, y'all, let okay. me tell you, when Hannah's right, it's like, it's you got to admit it. But man, it's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Little what is chit-chat. it? 13. 13. 13. Episode 13. And today, <laughs> we are going to be talking about biases. And I am going to hand this because Rachel actually introduced me to these tests and this this whole notion because she works in a world where you kind of have to take these things and yeah yeah and so she's going to tell you a little bit about well the background behind what these tests that we just took to discover biases why it's important and then we're going to be <laughs> do, delve into what we actually discovered about ourselves by taking these tests and I honestly. I'm a little on the fence about how accurate this is, <laughs> but I also know that they were designed by people who are significantly smarter than I am, so there must be something to it. But we'll get to that. We'll get but to that. first, yeah. Rachel, what the heck are we okay, talking about? So, what were uh, one of the things? Because you know, y'all know how Hannah loves to do like Google research and stuff like that. So we we I did a little Google research this week, um, but also we used uh, the these tests called the implicit assessment tests. Um, and they started, um, uh, the project is called Project Implicit out of Harvard University. So um, these are- a few are, smart people. A few smart people no, there, apparently. Um, and it's basically a, a test that you can take on a computer or on your phone. Um, and it, it measures all kinds of implicit or unconscious biases. So things that like you wouldn't necessarily- think you're biased about consciously, but what the test does is actually register how quickly your brain makes associations. So that's why it's, um, they, it's, it's often called like a, an association test as well. Um, so they have everything from like race, uh, age, weight, um, disability, uh, gender career. I think there's another gender one. There's probably like 15 or more assessments that you can do. Um, and and we can put the link to these yes. in the podcast yes. description so you can take these for yourself if you find this episode interesting. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely way more. Like we're, we we took a specific group that we thought were related to us, our lives, and body image um, in particular. So, But there's lots of others. Um, and it's just fascinating. It's like a learning tool. So um, I and do... And they are free. They are free oh, yeah, videos. yeah. This you don't is have literally to, like, just... For any of go these to tests. the website. They will ask you a bunch of demographic information because for them, it's actually a research project, right? Mm-hmm. Like Project Implicit is, it's like crowdsourcing scientific um, evidence. So you don't have to answer. You don't have to sign up for an account if you don't want to. There's nothing like that. But um, they will ask you questions about like where you're from and what your education levels are and things like that um, just to, yeah, to kind of do their research side of it. But um, I'm actually really curious. I want to I want to start by asking you, Hannah, why you kind of say 
um, like why you're skeptical of it. Because we've, we've also heard this from a couple other people that we've hinted that we're doing this on the podcast. So, so the tests are basically, like Rachel said, we took, I, I think I took three. Um, and they're, they're kind of, you, you have to, you, I don't know whether they're designed for a touch screen. You can do them on a touch screen. Because I, mean, I, I did it on my laptop. Mobile, with like yeah. the, I've done it on my the, laptop. The keypad mouse thing. But you basically get shown... Um, let's talk about, uh, the, the, the body image one, right? So they basically talk about fat and yeah. thin, right? Yeah. Weight. Yeah. Fat and thin. So you get, they take you through a series of images and you click fat or thin. Yeah. They're, they're silhouettes. Just to kind it's of, like, yeah. here's, here's a large body silhouette or a thin body silhouette. And you get the option to click fat or thin and it kind of scrolls through it. So you train your brain, like which image yeah. is, they refer to as fat and which is thin. And yeah. if you click it, if you get it incorrect, it comes with yeah. a red X. So it's literally like, like your left hand. It's just your left and right fingers kind of clicking back Okay, and forth. here's my first thing there. Mm-hmm. Is that there was a couple of images which they put in fat category, which I would not describe the image I was looking at as a fat person. Oh, interesting. There are a couple where you're like, yes, that person, the outline of this person yeah. is clearly obese. And yeah. then there's some where I'm like, I wouldn't call that person fat, but I have to click on them as fat. That's fascinating. That that is an interesting point because I didn't think that. I sort of thought. And then they, some of the thin people. The cle- it was a clearly. Oh yeah, some of the thin people were. I would yes, I would click that as yes, as a thin person. And then there are other people that I'm like, I don't think thin is the right word. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. No, you're right. And I mean that's. I, I mean it is. It's always interesting, like the way they come up with that. Um, some of the other tests I found, I've had the same issues where I'm like that picture is not clearly what they intend it to be so or that, something. But... That's my first thing. And I was like, hmm, I kind of feel mean about calling this image fat. Oh, it makes, yeah, it makes you feel mean. So I don't know what that says about me before we even start. So anyway, once you've basically got yourself familiar with these images, they then get, they introduce words and yeah. they have a certain number of words that are determined as good words mm-hmm. and a certain collection of words that are determined as bad words. So you then presented with, I think it's like a series of seven sections. Yeah, there's seven sections to each test. And you get, like, in each test, that there's in each section, there's, like, I don't know, multiple things you have to click on. So you may get, in the beginning, images of, like, thin person, and a, it'll tell you, like, on one side you click, there's, like, two green squares either side of your screen. And it'll tell you, like, if you, if you meant to click, like, good... Or yeah. thin. It'll or say thin pictures and good, good words pictures, would good be words. your left hand. Yeah. And fat pictures and bad words would be your right. So, so that'd be like yeah. so one then of the things. And you go through a bunch of You go things. through a series of like images. Like images or words pop up in the middle of your screen. And like if it's a good word, you click on the side that's, that's going to be good words yeah. or bad word, bad side. And then the image, thin person or fat person. Yeah. And when you finish and that first set, you then get another set. And they've traded things up. So maybe the fat person and the good words are on the same side and the thin person and the bad words are on the same side. And you basically just got to click away kind of as fast as you can scrolling through. And so at no point, like I read it. I don't know whether I was wrong, but I I was read this as, oh, I have to try and do this as quickly as I can Mm -hmm. and not spend time going, okay, that's a thin person and... That's on that side of the screen. Click. It was like, try and look at the image and as quickly as I can respond to it. Because that's what it's measuring. The click, as soon as the picture comes up, the the test is measuring how much time elapses from when the picture or the word shows up and your click. So what I felt... It's measuring your cognitive, like, synapses firing. Like, how quick is it? But what I felt was a little mean was that... Yeah. It's just... Whether that was in relation to, like... So I did ones for the for um, thin and fat and age and at no point was I ever thinking like, oh, fat person in good words they should never be combined. Right, the fat is always bad. Yeah, it was like you get used to doing something a certain way mm-hmm. without thinking about. I wasn't like really thinking too hard about what thin or fat yeah. meant to me. You just were like these two or are on the good left or bad words. and these yeah. two are on the right. And then yeah. all of a sudden in a heartbeat you're onto the next set and things have changed up so it's literally it feels like it's just my slow ass brain going oh wait the screen switched uh hang on and at no point was i consciously going 
oh, yeah, I can't associate yeah. a thin person with a bad word because thin people are my tribe. But that's the point, right? Like, even the way you just said it, I'm not consciously, like, the point is that it's not supposed to be conscious. Like, it's mixing everything up so that your conscious bias, like, say you you actually are like recognize, you know, I just don't really like thin people. I judge them for being unhealthy. I like, right? Like you might have those, that's a conscious bias. And so the point of it is it mixes it up and makes you focus on left versus right and certain groupings so that the conscious part hopefully doesn't play into it. It's really just measuring how your brain functions. But what if it's just like straight up brain lag going, well, things changed. I asked, I, asked uh. a science, I asked like a social scientist about that once. Cause I was like, is there a difference between just straight up how smart you are? Like, or, or not, I mean, maybe that's not the right word. Not like intelligence, but like some people are just really good at like video games. Like yeah. their fingers work really quickly yeah. to react to things. And so I, 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 and, um, yeah, the, the scientist I asked was like, that actually matters far less than you think it does. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, right? Like, this is us trusting those Harvard smarties, right? Um, that they know more than because us Because I'm this, not, I've never it, played a video game in my yeah. life. And like, I'm not yeah. trained to like see things on a screen and like push buttons and yeah. respond really fast. And I don't know, man. Like, there's a bit of me that's like, if I was like a mad gamer... Yeah. And I was re- like trained in that, then my reactions to something changing You're right. on a screen has got to be better. It's like but, training for anything. But I think that's, so that's what, that's what the, um, yeah, the social scientist told me was that if you are a gamer, you're going to be good. You're going to be faster maybe than the average person, but you'll be faster for both sets, all the mix ups, right? Like whether it's good and a certain kind of image or bad and a certain kind of image, your, if your brain is trained to be fast, it'll be fast for both sides, right? So it's still testing if there's even like a, a deeper implicit bias, even if you're fast, right? So anyway, anyway, anyway to we can say, get into this a lot. I feel like this is a... Yeah. I'm slightly yeah. on the fence about these things, but you know, there's people way smarter yeah. than I who exactly. created I mean, them. So I'm going to put my trust <laughs> in them that like this genuinely delivers like, what I think um did you have I know like you're obviously not meant to be aware of them because otherwise it would be like conscious biases but did you have any let's talk about the the fat thin one yes okay let's talk about fat thin that's what we've just been sort of introducing what did you did you have expectations of what you would see yes in your results because so I have done the fat thin one before Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, like also, right? Like, you know, you, they, they change them up and stuff like that. So it's supposed to be, um, you know, things that you can repeat. Um, so I, the first time I did the fat thin one, I had a, I can't remember if it was slight or moderate, but I had a, um, preference, like demonstrated preference for thin bodies over fat ones. Mm-hmm. So I went into this thinking I would probably get the same result. Um, and you know, this time around, they actually had more questions they ask you before you do the test. Like they're, they actually ask you now, uh, as well as the demographic questions, they ask you, um, do you prefer thin people to fat people? And you actually kind of answer that question. So it's asking you about what you think your conscious biases are before it tests you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the implicit ones, right? Cause it's true. It's like, I might think like, oh, I, I bet. I bet I prefer thin people, you know, in this. And then you'll take the test and maybe you'll be surprised. You actually, your brain doesn't have that preference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, are, are we revealing our results? Yeah. Okay. So I had no... No on, judgment, people. Yeah, no, no judgment. judgment. This is no judgment. This is all unconscious bias. That's kind of the point, right? Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, Don't, no judgment for sure. So... I used to have a slight or moderate preference for thin bodies over fat bodies. When you first took the test, did that surprise you? It didn't. It didn't surprise me because I think, right, like the reason why these are so deeply ingrained unconscious things is because we've all been brought up in the cultures we've been brought up in, right? And North American culture then you strive for an absolutely preferences thin bodies over fat bodies. Yeah. Like that's 100%. Like we've all been brought up to think... 
Our bodies are yeah. unhealthy and maybe lazy. Yeah. Or... The same way when I took like the racial tests, it was like, yeah, I grew up in a culture where every drug dealer or murderer in movies in the 80s was probably a person of color, right? Yeah. So it's like you, you're culturally shaped to some of these biases. So yeah, so I wasn't surprised that I had a preference for thin bodies, mm-hmm. but this time my result was different. Not Ooh. hugely, but I had no automatic preference. Which means my brain took exactly the same amount of time to associate all the different groupings. So I have no preference between fat and thin bodies anymore. So how, okay, what was the time frame? What was the gap in time between when you first took the test and you got the preference for the thin bodies and when you took this test? It was years ago. It was years ago. I I don't even remember when. But, well, it was probably within, I'd say it's within the last three to four years because I think prior to four years ago I didn't know what the IAT was like I had never taken any of the tests so it's within the last three four years so what has changed why do you think that shift has happened um so again I'm not a Harvard scientist but I have a theory about this that Maybe they'll make you an honorary one. Right, maybe, yeah, exactly. If they hear this, they'll be like, she's right about that. She's right. Yeah, so my theory is one of the things that changes our biases, because growing up watching movies, um, for a lot of women, watching Disney movies gives us ideas about women needing to be rescued, stuff like that, right? If all of that was like exposure to certain realities for the first 20 plus years of my life, um... That kind of makes me think exposure to different realities would change my bias. So I think, here's here's the controversial thing, but y'all can, y'all can argue, all right? I think it's because I follow Lizzo on Instagram. What? <laughs> Lizzo is like, she is the most amazing person in terms of like how much she loves her large body. And she it's like all over her Instagram. She's not like just someone who happens to be fat large bodied who is on social media she like i told you about that she talks to her belly mm-hmm. right she like wiggles it around and she's putting those videos on instagram she's always twerking like she's an exceptional dancer um so i am seeing her large body daily on my instagram feed and i think that's exposure right it's just like it's like when you travel and you learn about new cultures you come back to like the United States, and you're like, whoa, United States culture is the weird one. Like, everyone else, you know, that kind of thing. I wonder, we need to tag Lizzo. Tag Lizzo. I'm going to be I like, Lizzo, you I have, mean, like, changed my I'm sure biases. Lizzo has been, like, you know, t- told that she's changed many people's uh, yeah. lives or She might not of. notice that I don't you know. I wonder, her. I, don't know. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever been like, hey, Lizzo, you changed my implicit bias. Yeah, according to Harvard, you have actually changed my mindset. I, right? I, I did not see that one coming. I thought you were just going to be like, yeah, I learned to like love myself a little bit more and be accepting no. and stuff. I did not expect I Lizzo's think it's about Instagram. What, what you put in front of your face. But actually, like, that's culture. That's that's a good point because we were talking about in our Instagram feeds not long ago and like mm-hmm. what you see versus what I yeah. see. And like, I don't know if I follow Lizzo. Maybe I do, but I think, I actually, I don't even know. I follow her. Like clearly I'm not getting those images yeah. like planted in my brain. I also just started following another woman. Her name's Meg Boggs and she's like a fitness influencer who is obese. Like... Um, she just wrote a book and has like, she's like always posting her like box jump journeys. Like, like, that's oh, like her thing. okay. Yeah. That's so a anyway, challenge. So uh, yeah, for I me. mean like recurating your Instagram feed, I think for how much a lot of us are on social media, that can make a huge difference. You see, I actually, this is good because, okay, so I'll reveal mine. Um, I had a slight preference for thin people. Okay. And just so people know, there's three gradations. It's like no preference, slight, moderate, and I don't know what they call high yeah. or severe, like high preference or yeah. something. So. so, and I thought about this before we recorded this. I was like, wow, as a nutrition coach, does this is this a really bad thing to admit? And then I was like, why did this come up? And then mm-hmm. I tried to like justify it from like the computer video, like video game thing. And, yeah. and I'm like, why, why has that come up? And I really like couldn't figure it out because... 
you know, I don't look at people who are of different sizes and be like, oh, well, you clearly don't right. care for yourself. You must be and, X, Y, or Z. And, and like or, one yeah. of the things, yeah. like we often talk about CrossFit on this podcast and because we do it. And one of the things I've always loved about the, I've traveled so much and been to CrossFit gyms all over the world that, you know, you walk into a place you've never been before and work out with people you've never met before. And you kind of, every time in that like 10 second countdown, you're eyeing up the room going, oh, yeah. okay, who am I going to be? Who am I going to be? And every single yeah. time in the past where I've been guilty of like maybe going, I got you. I've had my ass handed Absolutely. to me. And, you know, it doesn't matter what somebody looks like. Yeah. You know, there's judging or may, any judgment calls made on like appearance alone is so yeah. wrong. <laughs> I've definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm, yes, I definitely have memories. I've gotten my ass kicked in workouts by someone that probably most people would look at and be like, that person's overweight. Yeah. And like not assume that person is like healthy or an athlete and, and just, yeah, absolutely learned a humbling lesson. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you've been talking about kind of the exposure part, like given my history, like I spent so many years striving for thinness, like being thin was the ultimate marker of success. The thigh gap. I now think that that like if, cause when I was, that's another thing I was thinking when I was looking at these silhouettes, like fat or thin. And I'm like. I wouldn't put myself in either of those categories. No, like, they don't. They, they definitely actually, separate it out. There's not a lot of gray area. If somebody for you to came explore, up to yeah. me now, like if somebody came up to me when I was like 16 years old and said, "Oh, you look really thin," I'd be like, "Winning!" Thank you. Yeah. Yes. If somebody came up to me now, I was like, "Oh, you look thin," I'd be like, "Am I sick?" Not yeah, cool. Not cool. Like that not is cool, not bro. what not I'm cool. striving for. I need to look strong. <laughs> so I got a little bit mad there because I was like, "Why can't we have athletic in there?" Or yeah, yeah like this. It's really yeah. like it's it's too harsh of a yeah. kind of categorization. And, and I think the scientific method that they're using, they can't. They can't right. have all these yeah. different shades of gray on a spectrum because then you're then you're getting into conscious thought and like thinking through and that's exactly what the test is avoiding. Right. So this would be really interesting if I like get more exposure to like on my social media stuff mm-hmm. that like pops up when I'm just scroll if I'm mindlessly scrolling like not even paying attention to what I'm looking at. Yeah. Just being like, "Oh yeah, look at like all of these because de- in general like hands up on all honesty like most of the stuff that pops up on my instagram is elite level athletes whether that's yeah. like crossfit or weightlifting yeah. or you know formula one drivers mm-hmm. or like snowboarders stuff that's the kind of stuff that i typically follow and yeah. so you know adverts or like whatever they're posting are all yeah catered and most of them are probably a very similar body type Mm -hmm. probably very super diverse racially or ethnically it's like that that one's better i would say advertisements are getting better i have a better like racial diversity that shows up on my instagram than i probably do um like body body type. type yeah yeah no i mean it's fascinating and that's why when you said like as a nutrition coach should i admit this and i was like absolutely right because admitting it means you recognize that it was it was the way you were brought up you thought thinness what right i mean there's no there's no shame in that to me and like certain cultures it's like, like it's, our, it's our culture too yeah. like you know i'm not from america but it's still mm-hmm. a culture in our england people are striving for like yeah. the the thigh gap video i watched it in yeah. england and but if we went to like polynesian islands it would be flipped yeah like size is celebrated. And that's what's interesting is like, so Project Implicit, I think because they ask you what your citizenship is and like your primary residence, like by country, they have actually, if you dig into their research, they've separated out like areas of the world, which I didn't have time to look into for this podcast, but that would be interesting because in North America, like even people who identify as fat more often than not demonstrate a... Um, a preference for thinness, right? So like they're exposed to their own body and possibly potentially, you know, I don't know, you know, what their Instagram feed looks like, but the idea is we are definitely culturally conditioned. So Polynesian people, that's true. Maybe whether or not they themselves are fat or thin might have a different preference for like a larger body or 
Um, yeah, so I did. This is definitely rooted in like North American culture. So if you and if, European, if maybe. one of those questions was put yourself in one of those boxes, the fat or the thin, which would you put yourself in? Well, did you answer that? There was that question, uh, like the the, oh, the yeah, questions leading right. up to it. You did have to answer, and I put on one of them because one was like, where would you put yourself? And I put uh, slightly overweight. Mm-hmm. And then another one was like, compared to most of the people around you, what are you? And I was like, that one, I think I selected like neither thin nor fat, underweight or overweight. Cause I was like average people around me. I mean, we're all so different. Um, and then there was a third one that was like, how do you think other people would categorize you? And I, that one, I also put slightly overweight. Right. Cause it's just like, yeah. Huh. That's also, I mean, that, that goes to, like, the fact that I also think that strong women, when they're wearing clothes, look large. Yeah. Like, clothes are made for skinny people. They show off thin bodies better, for the most part. So, like, sometimes I'll put on clothes and be like, wow, I look bigger than I do wearing less clothes. <laughs> like, if people could see more of my body, they'd Rachel's be like, she's start strong. <laughs> yeah. well, I look that, better than that was, that was CrossFit's, like, one of their original, look like, taglines was look better naked. And, like, strong women look good naked. Thin women look good in clothes. Like, that's, like, a thing I remember from early CrossFit days. Well, there we go. Okay, so that's the fat <laughs> thin test. That was the one I was like, oh, I'm yeah. sweating it out. And I mean, so I don't one. know. Like, I yeah, I think let's let's we we'll, we could we could follow more body types on Instagram and then take it again in a few months because that would be interesting to see. Yeah, maybe it will like make me more accepting of these tests and question them less if I was to like expose myself more. And, and run the experiment like, oh, on yourself. Yeah, I mean, work. that's kind of, I mean, having not done like a nutrition degree like you have and stuff like that, that's how I've come to respect nutritional science is having to go through it myself, like experimenting on my own body. And, and so that makes sense. We're skeptical people probably until we experience. So that's okay. So that, that one was like body image in terms of fat thin. Yeah, yeah. And then we took another one. Um, what have you got? Well, age I, so next? age and disability. What were the other two you did? I did age. Yeah, I did age and disability. Okay, so age and disability. I mean, the reason we selected those three was like, those to me are, are kind of related to body image. And I'm curious about you and the age one because everybody knows your fear of saggy knees <laughs> is related to like your I was, fear of getting older. <laughs> I was going to like, I was waiting for a picture of saggy knees. Like, so in the, oh my in gosh, that, that <laughs> age one... They give you pictures of just the faces. faces. Yeah. Um, these are actual photographs yeah. this time. Yeah, they're ki- they're kind of computer generated photographs. I think they're not generally of real people. So but... you get like old male and female and young male and female. Yeah, and then good and bad works yeah. again. And it's like this is the weird part to me about this. It's like just like eyes, nose, and mouth. You don't get any hair. Like it's a, it's a right. weird cropped yeah. version of the face. Um, and I think there's. I know they have a a good reason for doing that, but, um, so have you taken this one before or was this your first time? I've taken this one before too. Were your results the same both times? I think, I think they were the same. Yeah, I think they were the same. And this is actually, so of all the biases that this test takes, this is the one where the most people have a very clear, uh, moderate, like above moderate average um, preference for youth over age. Like it's something crazy. Like 79% of everyone tested prefers youth to age. What did you come back with? Slight preference for youth to uh, of youth instead of age. Yeah. I think I was, so on the fat thin one, I was only like slight preference. I think... On this one, I was the moderate yeah. preference for youth. Yeah. And I think maybe last time I was moderate and now I'm slight. I don't know. But I, either way, I was definitely on the preference of young. So we so, are we are like the average person in this for sure. So what is this based on? Like, I mean, you're looking at pictures. So is this based on you prefer how a young person looks because we're constantly seeking youth? You know, like... You know, we're exposed to Botox and fillers and 
facelifts and hair dye and like facials yeah. and all these things that we desperately try and do to ourselves and, and knee lifts. And knee lifts, <laughs> yes. All these things that we try and do to ourselves to cling on to our yeah. youth. Yeah. So is it based on like the image of an old person or is it deeper than that? Like age is related to maybe failing health and slowing down and things like that. Whereas youth is still like... You've got energy and vibrancy yeah. and I mean, there's I, still more chance for like opportunity and possibility. I guess I think it's all of those, right? Because they're literally just showing you the picture of a face. So, so when you're reacting, vis- that you're quickly, reacting, you're reacting you really... to just no- identifying that person as old. So I feel like your brain is probably taking into account all the things you listed. Right, oh, whether I was it's clicking career, really fast, whether it's, brain works. Yeah, so your brain like has all your biases already factored in. Like what when someone says old, your brain knows all the things you think of. Like 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 you even said like you know did saggy knees cross your mind? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, if a picture um, of saggy knees shows yeah. up. <laughs> and sometimes like when I see young and old, like sometimes what crosses my mind is like a conscious bias of how much like I have historically been guilty of making fun of millennials. So, right, like, sometimes consciously, I think I don't like young people. <laughs> so, but yeah. even so, when when it's testing what my brain is associating, it's it's still, you know, like, being young is almost always seen as being better than being old. In this culture. This is one where I'd be curious about, like, Japan. Or places where Because isn't that the Blue people... Zones diet? Isn't yep. that, like, there's a, is it an island off of Japan? Uh, a part well, of Japan? Okinawa. Okinawa, Japan, yeah. And, like, the population is, like, largely in their hundreds. Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge percentage of people live to be 100 or more, and they're still thriving and amazing. Like, they're still working and walking and not, you know, they have a high quality of life. So when you think about being old, do what do you think about first in terms of being old? Do you think about what you look like? Or what that's going to feel like or what you still will be able to do or not do. Do you fear age in any way? I think it's more do or that's not do. a million questions. Yeah, that was, this is, well, every, all our listeners know now that Hannah's bad at asking simple questions, right? She thinks people can answer them fast and they can't. Um, I mean, I think sometimes I, I fear age. Like I, I fear dying, I guess, like having a, not having a long enough life to do all the things I want to do. I don't really think about what I'll look like when I'm old. Really? I don't really have a, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a sense of that. Like, so I guess sometimes I look at my parents, right? Because then I'm like, oh, I look like them and they are older than me. So I, sometimes when I'm around my parents, I'll be like, oh, I guess I'll look something like that later. Do you ever? I think it's more what I can do. I don't want to like not be able to like walk or like when you see Mm. people who have like really bad hunchback. Oh yeah. Years of like, like that, that's what, that's what I fear. Is yeah. being like physically debilitated to a point where I need help. Like, I think for me, the thought of the there's definitely a vein streak in me. Yeah. That all, all of us struggles with that. like, you know, I mean, obviously the aging process in terms of like if you if you took a picture of yourself every single day, in the same lighting and all the rest of it, you're not gonna see aging from one day to the next. Yeah. But. I always like think, you know, if I if I had done that, if you had a picture of every single day in the last five years, like obviously <laughs> stuff has changed. I mean, I'm about to turn forty one and like the yeah. fountain of youth is not gonna flow forever. <laughs> True. And we do all kinds of different interventions, right? But like the thought of stuff you put on your skin and mm-hmm. you know, all that our diet and exercise, all of that is like has the, some effect. The thought of slowing down and actually, like, the scariest thing, and this isn't even associated with being old, but it's the kind of gateway to getting older, is, like, I'm terrified of the menopause. Like, that is oh. terrifying to me. You call it the menopause. The menopause. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like... What's what's the fear about it? I mean, well, you, you get to, like, stop having your period. That it, sounds like, convenient. It hit my mom hella hard. Um... <laughs> Mostly for me, I think it's the the prospect of like change in body shape. Ah, really? But I look at a bunch of like elite CrossFit athletes, and like the fine. women who are like in the like the fifty, fifty five, sixty range. Yeah, and I'm just like, 
cool. Like that that gives me hope that like you your bodies can continue. And to be honestly, fit. like that is like one of my main motivators when I'm like busting ass in the gym. It's like <laughs> I've got to build as much muscle mass as yes. I can. For like, women especially, bank that keeping shit. that muscle mass is huge, and bone density, which because is all related to in the yeah, next ten years, like we're riding a roller coaster, mm-hmm. and like I feel like I gotta fight for this, and if I can just fight through it, and then I'll come out the other side, and I'll be like, okay, we made it, let's yeah. go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I just like I I guess I'd, I'd heard, like my mom, like I said, did not have a good experience. And was not, sorry mom if you listen to this, but she was not nice to be around during the whole process. And I'm hoping also. Oh, right. Personality changes. Yeah, like, personality. Like, yeah, yeah, and then like, yeah. I'm hoping that through like working out hard, then I will be able to keep my body, you know, obviously I'll gain a few pounds, whatever. Yeah. But like keep it in pretty good shape. And if I'm feeling super aggressive and gnarly, I can just take it out on a barbell. <laughs> not the people around true there you go and you're right like when i that's the one thing i do love um and by then we're going to be able to do muscle ups and i bet muscle ups are really cathartic when you're upset like yeah right i'm like (laughs) yeah i'm like right putting a whole lot into crossfit yeah i mean you are when i see these like like, older i mean some of the male athletes who are in their 60s are just insane i'm like yeah. how do you look like that like nothing is even sagging at all i know and then i see some of the female athletes and i'm like okay okay yeah. i could do this i could do this mm-hmm. but and so i see them and i'm like i'm pretty sure as long as i don't injure myself i can keep moving at a reasonable yeah level yeah like obviously what i can lift and how fast i can run and things like that will diminish but i'm not scared that i won't be able to do it as long as yeah. i take care of myself but yeah, uh, mm. it's the aging thing is, it's sort yeah. of a weird thing because there's absolutely nothing I can do. Right. It is the most inevitable thing in our lives, right? Like, you, you get older every day. <laughs> even like, if I had <laughs> knee lifts and face lifts oh my goodness, and all of the lifts, all if of I had lifts. all of the lifts <laughs> and had like, I've seen recently, you know, people having like fat injected into their hands to stop like the withered old lady hands. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh if I did gosh. all of that, it doesn't change the fact that you're still getting no, older. you're still old. Yeah. So I kind of just need to get over it. Yep. But the... The vain part, the vanity part of just like seeing things an inch or two lower yep. than they should be. I know. Is <laughs> yeah. So aging, that's tough. It's a tough one, and I think I mean it's interesting. Like I think you know we haven't really spent too much time talking specifically about like vanity and body image, like because mm-hmm. that that really I mean that's that's a we could we could spend a whole time you know exploring that because it is. You're right. And age, I think, is that's probably where vanity flares the most, right? Like, but it's becoming more. I mean, I think I've always been more vain than I'd care to admit. Like, even when I was like pro sailor and I bought mm-hmm. one, I, I would call it my annual mascara. I bought one yeah, thing of mascara <laughs> a year and I never really had much opportunity to wear it. So, usually by the time I wore it, it was all dried out and clumpy. Yeah. Um, and I'm wear it all the time now <laughs> but um what the hell was i going with this i just totally got uh, oh this, this, this like time you... of our lives like you know you your 30s you're still you know i would consider it myself still young like nothing yeah. really rad maybe you had some babies in your 30s we didn't right um, <laughs> yeah we didn't we, go we bypass that, that. But I yes, a dog. yes um <laughs> but when you get to your 40s like this whole train of like vanity is becoming much more yeah. present in me because yeah like it's things are going to change mm-hmm. probably more in this next decade than oh yeah 30 to 40 i mean i'm sure lots of things like 0 change. to 10 but obviously 40 to 50 i anticipate a lot of things are going to change and it vanity is definitely something because also now that i'm in my 40s i can afford botox like i i couldn't afford it probably until you know around this time of my life so some of the stuff too that like the interventions that cost money i feel like you know not only 40 to 50 is probably going to be physically the most my body has changed since like puberty Mm -hmm. uh and 
That's, I yeah, also that's... have more means to do things about it if I want to. See so. that, kids, if you're listening, when you start thinking about how much more money you might earn when you grow yeah. up and how much you might be able to save or things you might be able to buy, like, more things forget to it. it on. <laughs> Your face starts sagging and then you start injecting shit into Botox it. Botox is hundreds of, hundreds of dollars a session for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Although maybe by the time the kids listening are that old, probably Botox else. is, pr- yeah, Botox there'll be like will other be, technology. They've proven that it, actually yeah. ages you and, and probably i mean botox is botulism it's the most toxic substance on the planet and we inject it into our faces so i hope for the future's sake they do find better things to uh to there'll keep probably us be young. some magic pill yeah that just keeps it all tight or a machine yeah. that you stand in for like 10 seconds and it kind of zaps yes and then everything kind of like, like cryo tanks you know people go to do the cryo and get frozen i feel like that's like anti-aging technology right like and i did see um on a plastic surgeon i follow in santa barbara she was posting recently a new neck crinkle treatment oh yeah and it's it's quite incredible i don't know what Hannah it involves. loves the before and after photos when they're from plastic surgeons y'all we talk about how it's bullshit with like <laughs> carrie pierce power abs but Hannah gets pretty sucked in when it's plastic surgery. See, this is why my biases are all out of whack. Because you're looking at Lizzo twerking. And I'm looking and you're at, following plastic surgeons. I'm looking at before and after photos of neck crinkle stuff going, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope for my saggy knees. Yeah. But it was impressive. I don't know what the heck they did. But oh, they I'm showed. Because sure. like, that's always been the problem. Like, when I get older and people have like facial lifts and treatments and stuff. Yeah. But the neck is the giveaway, right? Yeah. Your face and, is all tight and pretty. And, and then you got like a and glowing, and turkey gobble in yeah, your neck is and so this, this there was this super crinkly neck, and it was like pretty similar lighting and similar angles. So we can't even do like, oh, she got a tan or she she pulled a buff over her neck to cover it up or something, and it was like a hundred percent better. No, that's a lie. Otherwise, it'd be a fresh neck. It's like eighty percent. <laughs> just I'll take the fresh neck. Please. I feel like this is going in a weird direction. <laughs> Fresh neck. <laughs> That's what will happen in the future. There'll be body shops. And you can just literally go in and go, uh, I got That's bingo true. wings. New arm, please. They have made great advances in full face transplants lately. It's kind of, t- um, it's, it's probably the stuff that if they put it in a movie, we'd be like, That's terrifying. And then, like, well, there was a terrifying movie when called we were... Face Off. It was terrifying because it had Nicolas Cage and John Travolta in it. Like, they're terrifying in some ways on their I think own. I've but... seen that. Yeah. So when we're still doing this podcast and we're 100 years old. <laughs> right. Which we're obviously going to still be doing this because we we're only 13 episodes in. We we celebrated our 10 episode. Eight. We got a long way to go. <laughs> optimism, Rachel. Opti- oh, we opened the show with you're right. optimism. You're right. Okay. Anyway, that got weird. Um, so Hannah's vain okay. and will probably have Hannah's some vain neck crinkle and treatment. And everybody has an age bias. Most people do um, so in this culture. Our so. final test that we took. Which one was that? Disability. 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 Yeah. And actually, and I'm going to be honest, when you were like sent the list of um, the tests through and you're like, these are the ones that I'm going to take. Yeah. And you were like, disability. And I was like, what? And then I was like, actually, yeah, because that's very much an image that you see. Absolutely. And how you um, like... And this is process. This is what I'd never done before. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. And I thought... Just so uh, folks have an idea of what it looks like. Because, like, these have all been very different, right? Like, the fat, thin one was body silhouettes and words. The age one was, like, actual faces, pictures of faces and words. This one was, like... like road signs. Road signs. So, like, like which I thought was interesting. And I feel like I still want to process, like, what that kind of means. But it's, like, the... the it was still good and bad words, um, but the pictures were of signs that you might see, like a, um, like just a crosswalk, like two able bodies walking across a crosswalk. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was a cross country skier. Yeah, that was a skier. Right. So there was also like an athletic thing there where it's like able bodied doing sports. But then the other side was like one was sort of just a graphic of crutches. Then there was a graphic, a sign with like a seeing eye dog mm-hmm. and a person crossing a street, but with a cane. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other one? Uh, there was another picture. Oh, oh, just, yeah. The classic 
like wheelchair sign that we see everywhere. You see this also parking, going yeah. back to like the fat thin one where I got a little bit mad yeah. about it. I got a little bit mad about this one too because it basically already sold the image of like if you are able bodied, yep. you get to do whatever the heck you like and go out and go cross country <laughs> skiing and you have yourself a time. And the disabled images were like uh have fun crossing that road. Yeah, yeah. There were two <laughs> crossing scenarios, but um yeah, and even with, like, you know, you, you were struggling with, like, well, but I think this and this and this. And even when I saw crutches, I was like, well, what if you're an athlete and you get injured? You need crutches. But it doesn't mean you're, like, permanently disabled. <laughs> like, so I was kind of getting into the little cynical about some of the choices there, too. But, um, but yeah, so so disabled, able bodies, the road road sign or street sign, parking sign kind of uh, is what that was. And I was, like. I was in intrigued to see what this came up for for me because um going back to i mean i haven't seen a whole lot of i used to love actually watching when i used to watch olympics on the tv Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed watching paralympics yeah more than the real olympics apart from ice skating and weightlifting they were always i needed when i used to watch that i never did either of those sports but i like to watch them but Paralympics, I don't know, but that, oh, that was okay. the was able like, body wow. ones I like. Oh, the able body ones. But like, yes. I loved to yes. watch the Paralympics because I was like, how is that possible? This yeah. is insane. I literally have no excuses ever. And um, CrossFit now also That's has... That's a big thing with CrossFit. You're right. We I didn't just, see we, that. We I love watching it. adaptive athletes. Yeah, we mentioned it a few episodes ago that there is now adaptive division in the sport that we do, which is super cool. Yeah. And I do actually have quite a bit of that showing up in my feed now because I followed yeah. a few... Um, athletes and I hope to follow more because you know I see people who are like missing an arm doing a clean and jerk a clean and jerk I know I always think of one arm clean and jerks that that I I can't even imagine doing I know and I'm literally like talk about silencing your inner Veronica or Heidi like Uh you watch those adaptive athletes in CrossFit and it's like I mean this yeah like people doing like uh, it's it's insane yeah yeah I love adaptive athlete division and i find it so fascinating you know like the the legs those like curved spring legs oh, the, that people spring, use the for ones running. running it's and so yeah just the thought of like you know 100 years ago if you lost a leg not mm-hmm. you're probably sitting in that there, wheelchair in the there picture. wasn't a lot of technology and help, now yeah. you can go sprint around a track yeah you can way faster than i will ever win a gold medal run. for your country like that's really cool <laughs> so with all that being said what was your results uh, slight preference for able bodies. Me too. I yeah. was like in that slight preference too. Yeah. And I was just like, I guess, I guess it comes from the fact that I've never been out of action. Like I've never broken mm-hmm. a bone. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I herniated a disc in my neck, but I still had full use of arms and legs. I just had to deal with pain yeah. and I had to change and the you, way I worked out, but, but I could still, still go out. to yeah. the gym yeah. and do variations of, of workouts and be a part of that. And I could, I could go anywhere I wanted to. I could still, like I said, use yeah. my hands, even if it hurt. Yeah. So I don't really have any experience of like mm-hmm. being even temporarily disabled to relate to yeah and i don't have i don't have um many disabled people in my life right like i i don't have i don't um, think i have any right like i I do remember like when i was in school like middle school high school i did have a friend it was like friends of our family and the daughter was in a wheelchair like i remember um that kind of vaguely Um, we weren't super close friends but you know that was like the one thing I can imagine, like that I can remember. Um, but now it's like, I'm trying to think like I, one of, one of my, my volunteer roles, I serve on a commission with someone who has like, a, you know, a fairly moderate to severe physiological disability. Um, and I think I'm not surprised I have a bias just from, yeah, not much exposure. And now I feel like I have maybe a conscious bias, but it's kind of related to just like discomfort. I think unlike age or fatness, where maybe we learn to like actively judge it as bad, disabled disabilities tend to just make able people feel uncomfortable, which is like a different yeah. kind of feeling, right? Like, cause you don't know what to do. So I'm not like going to actively 
hopefully I've never actively like made fun of or looked down on a disabled person, but it's more like discomfort. Like sometimes I don't know how to um, act or be around someone who has some differences in abilities. I was actually reading a post on Instagram the other day about how, you know, people, you know, the discount, they're being uncomfortable around, you know, disabled people and because you're not sure what to do. And this person, um, I think they're an adaptive athlete in CrossFit now. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how they're perfectly capable. They were able-bodied and I think it was an accident and then they lost both legs, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, knee down. So like wheelchair most of the time. Yeah. Um, And how people look at them when they're like out and about and their partner doesn't open the door for them or anything like that because they know they're perfectly capable of doing themselves. But people are so <laughs> judgmental, like, you asshole. You're not even opening the door for that poor person in the wheelchair. And the oh, person in the wheelchair is like, I don't want them to. I can, I can also do open it the myself. door for myself. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that you're like, oh, what yeah, do I do? You're right. But yeah, when I, when I got my test back, I was like, huh, that's weird because, well, it's not weird, I guess, because we just said, I don't have real exposure yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's but exposure. I love watching adaptive athletes. And maybe that's why, compared to most people, we only have a slight preference. Maybe our exposure to, you know, right, since we haven't taken it in the past and then taken it again, we don't, maybe the exposure to adaptive athletes in the sport that we both do has actually changed our brains um, over the last few years, but we just don't have the baseline data. Because as a guy, sure. um, I have a slight Starbucks obsession, and like when I train or coach oh, is early that the in the other morning, tests? the the, the, the st- Starbucks <laughs> implicit assessment test. But there's uh, so the Starbucks <laughs> that I go to after the gym in, early in the morning. There's a guy who's quite often in there, and he's. Um, it looks like he probably has some kind of muscle wasting disease. Certainly, like his okay. upper body looks normal, healthy. His legs are basically just bone. And so he's oh, in a wheelchair. Okay. And um, I I've only ever seen him before, like in Starbucks, like gathering his coffee. And the other day, I got there and he was like getting out of his car, and oh. yeah, it's like really nice car. It's like a Jaguar SUV, really nice oh. car. And I was like, oh okay, bro, okay. <laughs> and I wanted to look inside his car because I happen to really like those SUVs. But then it kind of got caught up in watching him, like from sitting in his driver's seat. Just like getting his wheelchair and like getting it all set up outside and getting himself out into it. Like from a car that looks like, you know, it obviously has been adapted, but it's not like there's the ramps or anything like that that you would traditionally associate. And he like maneuvered himself into his wheelchair, like was completely in control of everything. And I was like, I have so many questions, but I don't know if it's okay to be like, hey, that was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that's kind of, well, I think with a- any of, you know, the way we learn to adapt and change and biases and stuff like that, it's like some people, I bet, would be totally fine with your questions and be like, yeah, I'll totally I was tell like, you about I like, how I came it. to being this, like, you know, like. Um, I was like, I want to see if I can do like, what you just me alone, did. bro. Like, don't, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if I, I lost my legs tomorrow, like. Would I be able to get out of a car and oh, maneuver yeah. myself into my wheelchair without it being chaos? And my answer would be like, probably When not. you just said that, like you want to try it, like some thought came. I was like, wait, I did try something in someone's wheelchair once. And okay, so I used to, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast. I used to play pool pretty competitively, like eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and there... Over the years in the Santa Barbara 8-Ball League, we actually had a number of pool players who had very various disabilities, like physical disabilities. Um, and a lot of them were really good at pool. It didn't like, you know, as long as they could kind of reach over the table, things like that, like it was pretty fine. And so one of the guys in the pool league was in a wheelchair. And actually, we had multiple players in a wheelchair. Um, and he, so I always knew him in his chair. And then one day there was like the cue ball ended up in a place on the table where he couldn't reach it in his chair. And he just pulled himself up out of the chair onto the edge of the pool table, kind of shuffled his feet over and took the shot. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, oh, he's like, well, so he was in a chair because he had polio. 
So he oh. didn't like completely lose function in his lower body. It was like a diff. It wasn't full paraplegia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just like, I was like, wait, so this whole time you could have just stood up like, and if you needed to get to a shot and he was like, well, yeah, he's like, I stand up a lot, but you just see me around the pool table. And so it was like this crazy. And then, so, and he was just like, cause I would obviously never ask someone like, can I try your chair? He offered a couple of us. He was like, try making a shot in my chair. So he just kind of shuffled off and like stood there and walked while I tried to take a pool shot in his wheelchair. And it was, I mean, it was so interesting and humbling to just be like, oh my goodness, like this person has learned a skill that I have learned as an able-bodied person. And it was... Did you make the shot? Was it hard? I made a... I mean, it was hard. I was make. I was trying to make like easy shots. Um, but certainly I had no... The kind of cue ball control and different like precise skills I could not translate into a seated position because I had learned the sport standing up. So, um, and he had actually learned pool in his chair. Um, so, but yeah, but it was fascinating to kind of just be like, oh, like the assumptions we make about people because we see them in a certain way, um, and then to have it be connected to like a a sport that we both did. Well, a game. We don't have to get into whether or not billiards is a sport or a game (laughs) i don't think it's so much a sport but but. i think that would be it would be a super interesting conversation to talk to somebody actually to talk Mm -hmm. to like two disabled maybe athletes like somebody who was born with a disability and somebody who got a disability through an accident yeah to see how you know we opened this chat with like focusing on the positive versus the negative like yeah to see how you know they've they approach that like mindset of like focus on what oh, yeah. your body can do rather than what it looks like because absolutely I mean that is that is some mental fortitude that I do not know if I would have I don't think any of us really know if we'd have it until we're in that situation but yeah the attitude of some adaptive athletes and just well people just living with disabilities is pretty amazing like, I mean it's just the thought of you know if you were born able-bodied like say tomorrow you know you you've got Two working arms, two working legs, and and then tomorrow, tomorrow, like one leg no longer works anymore or is not there. That, I mean, that's an amazing thing to overcome. Oh yeah, and I feel like like, I would struggle with depression. Learn to accept it, but then to be able to to have to relearn how to move, Mm -hmm. and then if you wanted to go back into like say you wanted to go back into CrossFit and now you're like becoming an athlete minus a leg, yeah, how you balance and like. Mm-hmm. how you set yourself up for for different lifts and that's, yeah. that's just wild it's I mean when so it, yeah, amazing. When, I, one of my biggest fears well it's still probably one of my biggest fears is losing my eyesight yeah yeah that yeah I remember when we were kids for some reason we would be like would you rather go blind or deaf and I was always like deaf, deaf. I think. yeah yeah I mean Especially I, I if you, all, I think we all have fears of yeah. Some of if you were born with sight and then you lost it, yeah. that would be a tough one. Yeah, because can you get like cadaver eyeballs? I'm act- yeah. I well, can you do? Can you donate your eyes? I Does that think, work? Yes. Usually, when I, my understanding is usually when people donate their eyes, it, they don't. It's not like a full eye transplant. It's usually just like the lens, the cornea, the different pieces they use for different surgeries. But but I wouldn't be surprised if full eyeball transplants is a thing i think connecting the optic nerve is the part that they haven't figured out how to do very consistently then would you see the world through their eyes or yours oh my god do 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 do, do, oh. do all over again oh my god this episode is coming up so many weird movies it's episode 13 it is episode 13 it's supposed to be weird okay it got weird i love it well i'm actually super glad that we've re- like recorded this had this conversation now because yeah like admitting to some of these like mm-hmm. biases i was like oh i don't know how i feel about that but yeah i think it does all come down to like exposure yeah i yeah i'm like totally all oh, right we're gonna we're gonna tag liz because it's not conscious she's gonna listen right? to this podcast and she's gonna be like oh my goodness yeah i feel like if, if we consciously we were like fat and bad, bad words yeah. go together, and yeah. thin and good words then go together. Then we would be assholes. Then um, that would be a yeah. terrible thing. Yeah. And yeah, but that's but, the yeah that's the point of like acknowledging these are unconscious biases. So it does not make you a bad person. Like this is not, you know, it it's 
that's not what this is about. It's just the same way we're curious about our bodies with nutrition and fitness. This is just like something to be curious about of like, oh, how did my upbringing, socialization, exposure to culture, how does it, you know, manifest in things that my brain does without me knowing it? Disney movies ruined me. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I go back and I watch the Disney movies that were my favorite as a kid. And I'm like, whoa, no wonder I grew up thinking I needed a man to save me and was probably just going to like get married and have And babies. I should have giant blue eyes and yeah. really long thick hair. Yeah. That's always perfect. Exactly. And a tiny waist. And a super tiny waist. I mean, yeah. Some and of the Disney be movies, great at I still love them. Yes. Everybody's saying. <laughs> Um, I still love those Disney movies, but when I go back and watch them, I don't judge them. I don't hate them. I'm not trying to cancel Disney movies, <laughs> but, but it is interesting to kind of look at them and be like, oh, that does teach little girls certain realities, right? Like, yeah, I've Prince never Charming, really thought too hard about Prince Charming. Prince Charming should always dance. Men, that was something you were supposed to learn. <laughs> the good uh, Prince Charmings could dance. I mean, it's crazy when you think about that, about at what age... You're yeah. already kind yeah. of being squeezed into yeah. a certain mindset. Absolutely. I and mean, we, we talked about the thigh gap, the big bone, the, and those all happen at around the same time that we were probably watching a lot of Disney movies and cartoons and other things that we were, we were already starting to be influenced by culture. Well, goodness. Yeah. What a way to wrap up all of the episodes. Now people need to go take all the tests and watch all the movies and just... Think about your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so we will put the link in the description um, yes. for this podcast. So if you wish to go and test your biases, yep. they are unconscious. Unconscious. So do don't feel bad about it. Hate on yourself. You don't have if, to share them with anyone if, if you don't want to. it comes up with something that you weren't expecting. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good way to spend a few minutes of your time. Yeah. And Learn a little bit about what may or may not be happening inside of your head. <laughs> um, but yeah, this has been a fun one. Sorry it got weird. Sometimes. Actually, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I mean, you got to go there sometimes. Get weird. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with another fine episode soon. Uh, see you later.